Hello and welcome to another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, we've been away for a little bit uh, for various reasons, um, some of which were supposed to be fun and got canceled and were then uh, replaced by not so fun things. But uh, we are... Losing power sucks. Yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> storms. Storms suck. Seven tornadoes touching down in your state suck. Suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but needless to say, um, you know, every, everything's all right. We're back up and running. We, we tried to record with, like, the, two, the cups and two strings. But then we realized that, like, nobody could hear it except for the two of us. So it, it, that failed. Yeah, um, didn't 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 work how we planned. Uh, yeah, internet needs electricity. Who knew? Um, weird, weird. But uh, but yeah, so we are we are back. We are up and running and ready to talk about the new season of The Witch. Uh, uh, might be might be my new favorite season to be honest. Like I was yeah. I was real big for season of the deep. Like I love Taken. Like Taken is everything to me. And the whole dungeon in Season of the Deep, the whole deep dives, the Asha, the the Sloan turning taken, like, oh my god, I was I was there. I was in it. I was like, this is this is this is fantastic. And then they hit us with this shit, and I'm like, Oh god, I uh, I wow. Yeah. <laughs> I have to remind myself that I have to keep this PG. And so yeah. Uh Stuff happens this season, and it's amazing. It is pretty cool. I think, yeah, I'm I'm on the same boat. Like season of the deep, I actually really enjoyed. I know there was we've said before there was a lot of stuff surrounding the game, not in the Big game, lore but locations too. That uh, that people weren't you know was kind of dragging the the uh, impressions of the game down during season of the deep. But I really enjoyed that season and what we got during that season and the lore of it and just the the you know activity and, and the um the aesthetics of it but man they came out swinging with season of the witch i uh, and yeah I, it's definitely contender for one of my favorite seasons now um all and and we're only two weeks into it like we're yeah we're not even two full weeks like we've had we've had two two resets but like holy shit man like it's it's we've already got a cut scene yeah, I was very, very pleasantly <laughs> surprised to get one of the like normally mid-season reserved kind of like hand-drawn, kind of kind of that ink-drawn cutscene style. Uh, but no, week two, they're like, yeah, here you go. Uh, so hopefully thanks, there'll be thanks more. Thanks for being patient, guys. Right. Though I yeah. haven't, I, as much as I say thanks for being patient, I haven't checked back on Veil Containment. I, well, I take, I did, I did the one to get the new yep. aspect. Yeah. Um, but I didn't I from the sounds of it like they they that like that last one wrapped it up. That was but the I impression I got. I haven't I didn't go back this week to check. So I'm I might I might go back after this recording and go check and see if there's something new. Yeah. No, I I haven't either. I I got the same impression that like it was it was kind of done for at least the time yeah. being. Um but yeah, so uh for those that have not had an opportunity to jump into it, I uh, spoilers from this point forward. I yep. very very major spoilers for what happens during season of the witch or at least what has happened so far uh, our plans for this episode are going to be talking about um 
what happens in game, kind of our thoughts around them, um, some of the dialogues that you can get during the seasonal activity that have some interesting implications, um, and then diving into the lore behind the seasonal weapons and armor that have lore attached to them uh, and how that relates to what's going on. So i say this is, again, final spoiler warning. Get out now if you plan on playing Season of the Witch, and I do recommend it, uh, so far at least. So that that was it. Here we go. All right. Uh, All right. Super <laughs> Saiyan Eris. Let's go. Yeah. Um, Eris is kind of fulfilling a bit of a prophecy in this season from all the way back when we did our Books of Sorrow uh, episodes. The last episode of Books of Sorrow, we were talking about um, some of the amended books from, I think it was Shadow Keeps Collector's Edition. Yeah, uh, yeah, the the pictograph yeah, uh, puzzle yep. that they had, where it was like, "Hey, if everyone overlaps their pictures and it comes out and spells words and shit," and they had, but it, it was the same writings as the original books of sorrow, but there was like a few things here and there changed, like right, very subtle, a few differences, and it, it it more or less summed up to the hive that were of Oryx's brood that survived after Oryx's death. You know, they they still were very much operating under this idea of like, okay, whoever killed Oryx is, you know, has the the right to claim his mantle, the right to become the new hive god. And where Toland thought, you know, assumed that to be the guardians that did the job, that that actually dealt the final blow, the hive in that were saying, no, the guardians were merely the tools of Eris Morn, who was the real person that caused the death of... Which I I, I, I like that idea, too, because, again, yeah. thinking back to that cutscene at, at the end of it, when, when after... The, well, I guess the cutscene was at the end of Red, the Regicide mission. Yeah, at the end you, of the campaign. Yeah, where she goes and, like, boops the sword, and it, like, starts cracking and stuff, and, the, mm-hmm. and that's where you get the, the start of the exotic sword quest. Um, that's, that to me is like the true, like she, she, she has, she has claimed that mantle type thing. But, and, but again, I don't know that she really claimed it in the, in the sense no. of like, she didn't like, like come out and go, I am taken King. I ought. And then that's it. But it was more of like a symbolic, like by her sending us by like what you're saying, like that full circle, like by her surviving the Hellmouth and then coming to us, the guardians and going, Hey, there's a bigger baddie out there deal with that um because you kind of killed his kid um he's coming for you and then to send us through all of that she really was kind of the true uh puppet master behind all of that so yeah i i i like the i like that idea of of her being the 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 new taken king but not the taken king like he wasn't again not of the taken side of everything this is all this this is all like like what you're saying with the with the uh, a a brood I I don't want to call her brood mother because then that makes her sound like a baby factory <laughs> for hive like, but th- kind of right like it, she would be the 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 queen of the brood of of Oryx's brood yeah um, yeah in that and sense 
it, it continues a couple of it continues a couple of themes. So it you know a that idea of Eris being the one to uh, succeed Oryx in the Hive pantheon, um, and that that is like there is no question about it. That is what is happening here. She is yeah. inserting herself as a new Hive god. She is putting that, herself that blew my mind into their pantheon. Um, and as, as the hive god of vengeance, right? Vengeance, yeah, dude. I'm off. I'm off. I love a good vengeance, like, oh, yes, let's go. I'm, and there, I'm gonna be very pumped this episode. There are so many cool parallels, like the, the idea of you know, the hive gods are, are have always been the three sisters, yeah, and you know, Oryx was taken off the playing field for a little bit, but now again. It's the three sisters, Savathun, yeah. Sivu, and now kind of yeah. this surrogate sister, but of Eris, who is the most hive, you know, of anyone in in humanity's on humanity's side. I, uh, and so it's it's just it's this really cool thing to see unfold, and and when Eris like transforms to accept tithes of vengeance. Um, she she goes full hive like hive chitin yeah. grows all over her. Yeah, uh, she's got you know her face is is very much reminiscent of a, a hive acolyte or witch. Um, I think so I think it's I think it's closer to a witch. And yeah, again, trying to think of like the 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 hive hierarchy. There's a few dialogues where she talks about like my acolytes will blah 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 blah. Yep. So I'm I'm definitely thinking as far as like. She really is uh, the same as far as again pantheon hierarchy, whatever you want to call it. Um, of the hive, she is that god level. She is yes the like whereas uh, whereas Oryx was not just the taken king; he was also the hive god of knowledge. Um, so that's that's where Eris has inserted herself and said, "I am the hive god of vengeance, and I'm just going to use." this feeding power because it's that's exactly what's happening we're yeah. literally we're we're killing in the name of her and she's collecting that so so i guess are we her acolytes are we yeah. thrall myth are we <laughs> freaking are the guardians thralls well i'm an acolyte i don't know about you i might just be a thrall <laughs> <laughs> this sucks but uh but no i mean that's that's exactly what's happening is we we the guardians are essentially her brood and we everything we do is what's what's tithing to her. Now, what is interesting though is that Eris doesn't have a worm. So, so there isn't I a worm. That too, but there is a worm. Okay. It's in the stick. Well, there's a piece of a worm in the stick. Oh no, sir. Have you Not looked a full at that worm. thing? There's a full worm in, there's two worms in that thing. So she very and we'll we'll when we get into lore cards we'll talk about this. She very specifically um in the creation of it like dissected and put okay. pieces okay. of worms in it. But there is not a looks, live like worm. if you look if you look at it, so it's it's the seasonal artifact is the, yes. the staff thing that we're using. Um it, if you pull up the seasonal artifact and look at it, it and like kind of spin it around, it looks like there's like two worms like almost intertwined in there almost like the the medical symbol that where it's like the two the uh, caduceus the two snakes yeah, yeah 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 see i knew you knew the freaking word for david myth <laughs> yes that thing 
Uh, it looks like two worms are in there, kind of intertwined like that. But if if they're just pieces, then okay. I, I didn't. I again, everyone knows how much reading I do <laughs> versus how much reading Myth does. But so yeah, yeah. So I mean, it makes sense that she would need to use some kind of worm like effigy to siphon sure. power through, but she she is absorbing working, right? it. Right. Like it, yep. it's not. There is no portion of it going into into a worm that's inside of her to keep it alive like it is all just going to her oh man okay i thought i was i was truly under the impression that she's gathering all this stuff into this artifact and then she's just using hive magic to kind of like fiddle with stuff there but she's actively so okay she she's actively absorbing all of this she technically she doesn't use the staff at all She's given it to us so that we, the guardian, can perform hive rituals with it in order to, you know, in in service to tithing to her. Okay, that's making a lot more sense now. That is making a lot more sense now. Okay, yep, I'm following. I'm on the same page now. So, um, but yeah, so she doesn't have a worm that's absorbing any of it. It's all going to her. She is, which, which makes it this interesting, like, her metamorphosis is not because of a worm changing her into something new. It's because she is consciously essentially doing what the hive do when they choose a morph or what the krill did when they chose a morph. Uh, you know, they would reach a certain point in their lifespan and then they would choose like the, what, what was it? The mother morph or the king oh, yeah. morph or the uh, night morph, I think were the three. Cause like, like was it was it Zivu or Savathun that wanted to be Savathun? They wanted that's to be right. a mother. That's right. That's right. Uh, and so it, it it's a very similar process where she's using the hive pieces of herself and choosing a morph for them to become this stronger, uh, you know, god of the hive while she's transformed. Um, and that that's so the other thing that the the transformation is not permanent yet at least right because like between when she came back week two and she wasn't morph self i was like oh come do go back (laughs) do the thing again (laughs) i was a little sad (laughs) but okay so how i I, i've this whole time i've had this like burning question in my mind okay of uh, at least the last two weeks of like is any of this, is she just like taking control of her situation? I, I guess that's what I'll call it. Um, or is this like, is this like hive, or is this Ahamkara fuckery from back when she was able to escape the Hellmouth? Is this like something that's coming full circle? Like, I, what's, um, what's, what's the deal with her? Is she, is, is she fully. Is she just like, I'm the one that has to do this because I'm the only one that can, because I'm the only one that close to the hive or whatever? Or is or or is like the full circle of the Ahamkara like, hey, we'll let you live by making you part hive, and therefore all the hive in there think that you're hive? So I don't know that the Ahamkara directly relates to her current situation, because as far as we know, her wish was just to escape the Hellmouth. Okay. okay. And I, I feel like you know that that wish is most likely what led to her um you know taking an acolyte's eyes and grafting them into herself sure. um 
which did kind of like start the whole process of her being slightly of the hive and starting to learn more about them and their magic and all that. But I don't think this is a direct outcome of that wish. Um, okay. That wish seems kind of fulfilled at this point. That's that's that was kind of what I was thinking too. Is or I guess was curious about was her finally getting out of the hellmouth. Like at that point in time, it's like okay, wish fulfilled, and she just kind of like oh, well, this kind of sucks because I look like this now, and guardians are gonna really question me. Well, but... and remember, I, I think you know in traditional Ahamkara way, it went deeper than that. Her escaping the hellmouth is what sent us. And meeting her was it sent us against Crota originally, and killing Crota is what brought Oryx here. So like, dude, this there is was a domino ah- effect. Ahamkaras <laughs> are really like kind of the linchpin of ninety percent of Destiny lore. Yes, yes, they are. You could you could almost always trace it back to an Ahamkara. I was going to say, is is this like is this like the Kevin Bacon thing? Like if you can trace <laughs> yeah. a point in lore back to an Ahamkara in less than seven actions, like you win. Like that's yep. the. Okay. Okay. I'm following. Um, but no. So in in regards to the question about like, is Eris taking control of her situation now? Um, honestly, based on the dialogue that, that she has, has said, and, um, some of the things that I'm not going to talk about, we're not going to do any lore book readings just because there's only like two chapters of the books out. Um, but based on some of the readings there, I don't think it's that she's taken control of the situation. I think it's it's a little bit of a Bruce Banner where oh, in order to transform, she's letting go of control. No shit. Uh, okay, uh, now I'm really here for this. Because she, like... she has very directly said that I... Essentially, I think when, when Oryx died... Whether Eris wanted it or not, she got the ability at any time to assume his role in in the Pantheon. I think from from you know she was chosen as by the sword logic. This power goes to you, and she has been resisting it since then. No and, and shit. Locking herself down and saying nope, not touching it, not touching it, not touching it, not gonna fall into that. I am. You know, self-control, meditation, whatever she had to do. Uh, Definitely said to hell with all that. And her transforming, and she she has said in the dialogues that when she becomes that hive version of herself, when she becomes the god of vengeance, she feels more like herself than she has ever felt before. That is the form that feels correct. In a Dude. way. So <laughs> I'm a I'm a, like fangirl squeal a little bit. Because like <laughs> she like she gets pissed through a lot of this stuff and yeah. she starts saying shit and you're just like, what is going on? Like this what it's funny because it's she's always had this kind of like timid little girl vibe. Kind kind of like not full on like oh I'm a, I'm afraid of everything or anything but like not fully really embracing everything. like knowing more than everyone around her but not really like throwing it in people's faces like yeah. I know what I'm talking about just shut up and listen to me but she's always she's always been that kind of like I I I never could really put a put a finger on it where it's like oh this is this is Eris like this is this is her true self of 
you know, like, like, God, I'm, I'm trying to think how to put this in words. Like it's, she, she really has kind of given that, that timid, timid, shy person thing up until this season where now it's just full on. Like I am, I, I am the hive God of vengeance. I ought full stop. Like that's. Yeah. yeah, and and I what we may have attributed to timidness before. Um, I mean, she she absolutely was just assumed that ninety percent of everybody was going to shun her purely by how she looked, and, and maybe maybe you know, that's more that. what I'm thinking of, like but, not not timid or shy, but like shunned. Yeah, and I think I think that was definitely some of it was the social impact. Uh, sure, but I I think maybe knowing now that she's had this giant well of temptation, you know, of, of power just sitting there that she has controlled herself to never touch. I, I think it's just maybe what we attributed to timidness was really just her needing to constantly be in control of herself to the point where she can't let anything out. Like she can't, Jesus. she can't, feel some yeah. of the thing as you know the same kinds of things and the same kind as as strongly as others because that would be temptation to touch that yeah that power or fall into that because that's that pit because that's because that's kind of like um it's 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 god what word is that i'm trying to god i'm losing my words now because all i can think of is is how awesome eris is now <laughs> like <laughs> uh no, it's it, it's it's that it's not. She has she always had this like curtness or like like she was very not curt maybe curse the right word, um, where she was very short with people, but not yeah. like purposefully short, like almost like mystically short, like like not giving enough information on purpose. And now, and I and I think it's that I think it's like like when somebody would say something, she would just kind of shoot somebody a look. Yeah. You know, she wouldn't say anything. She would just kind of shoot a look at something like, get your rock off my map. And she just kind of like looks at Kate, like doesn't say anything, but like there's a level of like power in that look that I've never seen manifest until now. And that's yeah. where like, again, I, I think I'm, I'm attributing to a timidness where it's more of a control factor that she is having to keep this shit under control else you know, I've got a vengeance appears yeah. and is doing hive God stuff. So yeah, no, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm following everything now. Yeah. Yeah. Like again, the, the, uh, Bruce Banner comparison, you know, the secret is I'm always angry. I uh, would, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry, <laughs> but so, and that's, that's another thing. So, uh, people may wonder like why vengeance, why, why is she the hive God of vengeance? Um, I mean, my first just... thought is duh. Well, yeah, and it, but but it's a <laughs> it's a question of like, did she just pick that arbitrarily, or like, you know, what? Why is that specifically important, and why is that the perfect thing to stop Zivu? Because that's what this is all about: is stopping Zivu Arath. Because that's 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 I was going to ask: is that the ultimate goal here of this season? Like, yes, last season was all learning about the witnesses origins and how we can use that against him and what, um, what knowledge Asa has for us about the taken and stuff like that. Um, as well as, uh, Sloan's knowledge of the taken now that she is part taken and spent time in, in that dark space, that negative space, I guess. I don't know what to call it. Um, 
that she was that she was in mm-hmm. uh, that were taken where where Titan was taken. Um, uh, this this season seems uh, more focused on we have to end Zebo Wrath. Like, yes, Zebo Wrath's always been this big bad baddie in the background that's been doing shit and you know tore up tore a bottle and and even came after Savathun herself while while Mara was trying to separate um, the worm from her. Mm-hmm. And assaulted the the spire there, and uh, yeah, it, we've never really had a direct confrontation with her. It's always been proxy, but it, it there there's a line this season that said something about like uh, something effective of Zebo Wrath doesn't care if we fired war sats and killed everyone because that's just helping war. Yep. So it's all a lose lose situation. Like we fight her head on. We lose because yep. she is the god of war. We fight her. We fight her indirectly by you know killing off the traveler or whatever, doing you know ending life. Cool. That still helps her because that is war. Yeah, and that this is the the kind of fundamental problem that we were presented uh, for this season was okay. We learned from Asa last season. Savathun knows how to get through the portal. To, to the pale heart as we now know it leads to. Um, cool. We find Imaru, and Imaru tells us, Savathun saw this situation coming a million miles away, and she left me instructions. You stupid glitter bobs. Yeah. <laughs> and her, her <laughs> instructions were, do not res me until they deal with my sister first. That's That's got to be important. Like... That's got to be like super important. Like, why? Why would she not? I don't. Why would she not? Like, you would think that that her her like just having her alive, like the not like the knowledge in her head of like how do I deal with your sister would be super helpful. But the fact that even she's like deal with my sister first, and then you can come res me. Because that's that's ultimately what's that, as far as like a good guy side that's good, that's what's going to happen this season. I, we're resin Savathun this season, I think. I, I'm pretty sure that'll be the end of the season. Is like yeah, yeah. we beat Sivu, Savathun's resed. Um, yeah. So I I think it's it's because Sivu is is an insurmountable force. Sivu is something that Savathun can't has has successfully up until now danced around and tricked out of you know, direct oh, confrontation, sure. but even Savathun, if she's forced into a one-on-one brawl with her sister, I don't think would win. I think you're right. I think you're right. I don't, I don't, because again, coming back to you, it's the God of war. Like you don't. Exactly. You don't, you, you can't beat war with more fighting. Like that's, that is what the God of war is. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the day, every single hive we the guardians have ever killed has fed sivu oh my since God. day 1 every single act of war that we have enacted against the hive has just fed her dude she's got to be stupid powerful now exactly like like stupid stupid powerful so the the problem was what how do we beat that how do we yeah. beat something that literally the act of fighting it makes it stronger and the solution and this is why eris is so uniquely positioned to 
be be the solution in this case is that if you are tithing to vengeance if you are killing hive and you are killing them one might say as an act of war but if you're killing them to get vengeance on them for everything they've ever done then you're not feeding war with that kill you're feeding vengeance with that kill that's a that's a mind-blowing concept like the 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 manner in which i kill or the the feeling behind what i'm doing when i when i have killed an enemy it determines where that energy gets fed to mhm and it's that's the same kind, thing that's kind of mind-blowing it's the same thing on the hive end because eris is a hive god any hive that kills or attacks a guardian for the vengeance, you know, to, to gain vengeance against their fallen or for their fallen brothers is also feeding Eris. Like yeah. Eris has positioned herself in a spot where she can kind of absorb all of the supply lines that would otherwise be going to Sivu. Okay. That's kind of mind blowing. My, my first thought to how to deal with war was like, let's just name every hive. Right. Cause then I can't kill it. <laughs> well, <laughs> That right? might work for you. <laughs> I mean, that's one guardian taken care of. Check the box. <laughs> we just work. We just got to work through a million more. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know I'm doing that, though, now, right? I, I'm going to name every I, I, hive I come across and just yep. be like, nope, can't kill that one. Just going to jump over a cursed thrall and be like, well, they did it themselves. I can't help that. I can't help that. <laughs> I cannot stop a scream or a cursed thrall running in me. I can't stop them but so eris eris is uniquely positioned and in that she is i would say the only person capable of harnessing hive magic in the way needed she has the right to assume one of the hive thrones and her entire story is a is a story of vengeance you know, she she lost her whole fire team down in the Hellmouth way back when, and she wanted to get out. And the very first action she ever did when she got out was go to the tower and find us so that we could go kill the thing that killed her friends. Her yeah. whole goal yeah. since day one has been get revenge on the hive, get vengeance for what they did to her. See, that's that's where I come back with, I mean, duh, but <laughs> it it just makes sense for her to be the hive god of vengeance. Like there's oh, it does. there's no other feeling like I would you, would you I guess that is a feeling, right? Like vengeance itself is a feeling. Um but there's no other there's no other like word there that would that would make sense for her to be. Yeah. You know, like she like she wouldn't be the she wouldn't be the hive god of doodads or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, vengeance vengeance makes sense. So Eris has assumed this throne. She is given in temporarily and in small bursts to this power, this this inner nature of herself that she has been keeping locked down for so long. And when when you play like some of the the summoning uh summoning pits and whatnot, especially like she is 
scary. She's like cackling she's maniacally, maniacally, she's and pissed but joyfully pissed. Exactly, I just, I'm it's here like for it. she, she, she has that like yes, tithe to me, give me power, feed my light, and uh, it, it's it, it. There's a couple times where you're like, she's still on our side. Like she's still she's still a good guy, <laughs> right? Maybe. Like, <laughs> Uh, yeah, there have been several times where I'm like, "Are we the bad guys? <laughs> yeah, what like is it's happening here. Should, should we be doing this? Is this okay? <laughs> is this uh, normal? Is this what guardians do? I don't, I don't know, man." And needless to say, we are. Um, you know, if, if you've had those thoughts during those missions, you are not the only one by any stretch. I, the the main person that has some real significant problems with what is going on with Eris right now and who I imagine will probably show up later in the season at some point is Elsie Bray. No shit. I've, I've only, I've only really paid attention to like the Ikora and, uh, and drifter stuff. Yeah. I didn't realize even Elsie is like, Hey, maybe don't do that. Well, remember back in our braid, uh, series, Elsie's dark future ends with Eris Morn being the one that went mad and killed the Traveler and corrupted oh, all the shit. Guardians. Like, Eris was the big bad in Elsie's dark future, not the Witness. In in her, like, in her original dark future? Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, her original dark future. Like, because she has multiple dark futures, right? Right, like, it, it depending on... Um, you know, her actions during that particular timeline, but it seems like the original dark future and maybe multiples of them. Uh, but the one that we, uh, get the, the direct telling of that we talked about in our, our LC portion of our Bray tech series, uh, where she is forced to kill Anna. That that's cause Eris corrupted her. That's cause Eris gotcha. was the big bad. Gotcha. So that's so that's like a key that like Eris becoming a the big bad is like a key. What would you call it? Like a key moment in time type thing. Like yeah. Like Elsie could never change that fact, so she always just kind of like worked around it. Right. And now it's happening in our timeline. So now Elsie, I see what you're saying. So now Elsie is seeing that as like, oh shit, now this is happening. Now to be I've fair, deal with it. to be fair. What Eris is doing now is is not some like this series of events has never happened in another timeline. Uh, like Eris turning into this in this way for this reason has not happened in another timeline. Uh, in the previous timelines, Eris was the first one to get stasis, was corrupted by it instead of learning to control it. And then just became an all-powerful dark guardian and laid waste to everything. See, that's and that's funny too, because like when when she first goes and touches the statue way back in Shadowkeep, mm-hmm. and she, and it starts to do the stasis thing, and she gets that really thin, like quick smile. That quick, it's 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 super subtle, but the, she just barely smiles. Yeah, and it's like it's an evil fucking smile, is what it is. And yeah, that's where I thought like I and I guess that was like a foreboding thing. Like that was like, oh, this is one of the dark timelines. If you read your lore and you knew your lore, you knew that this was bad. And then it turns out, no, you she's just she's just feeling a little power again. Like Yeah, yeah. that 
that could have been a moment where it all went wrong, but it didn't yet. And so Elsie is, yeah, (laughs) Elsie is seeing this and she's seeing an heiress that has been given access to very dark, corrupting power. I mean, hive magics. We saw what it did to, you know, Dredge and Yor. Like hive magic, dark, corrupting powers. And she's seeing Eris wield it and wield it gleefully and wield it with, you know, immense power. I think that's the the kicker there is like, yeah, you can wield hive magic. Cool. But when you're like giddy. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe somebody needs to have a talk with you. So uh, needless to say, Elsie is not in not thrilled with the situation um and again we're not going to go over the the lore books quite yet we'll do that later on uh but in the first couple pages of the books that have come out she has a very pointed conversation with Ikora where she pretty much says like i will not stand for this uh, like, <laughs> like shut it down shut it down now yeah like i have told you what this leads to that like we need to stop this i don't want to have to kill anna again i oh 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 heartstrings so there's there's some very major division amongst the other characters in the game about like what is going on right now um, and not everyone is on board. Some people are very not on board, like Elsie. Um, and there's some others that are kind of on the fence and, and just uh, don't really know what to think of it. And then there are others that are like, okay, it's freaky, but, you know, they they trust Eris. They trust her to, where does, to be doing where does, what's best. Where does Drifter lie on the spectrum? Well, it's funny you say that. Because <laughs> he's... He, I to me he's the love interest there. A like bit. if there's if there's not something between the two of them, I'm gonna call bullshit. <laughs> and I'm just gonna tell you right now, like there is definitely a a lot more love than hate in that love hate relationship between Moon Dust and Rat. Yeah, they they definitely find comfort in each other's presence for sure. Uh, and I mean, we, we saw that even in, in week two, uh, for the season, like, um, you know, Drifter visits, uh, Eris and, and, you know, tells her like, you know, I'm not here to talk you out of anything. I'm, I'm not here to, to tell you what you're doing is, is good or bad. I'm just here to tell you that like, I'm here if you need somebody. Uh, and, and. I I liked that Eris's response to him um, was you know generally was was appreciation and I don't have the the exact dialogue but I do very vividly remember she ended her sentence to him with trust, which yeah. is usually what he says you know when he's trying yeah. to tell somebody uh, like hey this is how it is trust me I know what I'm go doing right. yeah. <laughs> So that that was kind of cool to see. They've spent enough time together that even some of his if like little if she's picked idioms, up mannerisms, they right, are totally yeah. dating. I love it. We finally have a little bit of love story going on, <laughs> and it's not just somebody loving one person and not knowing why she's so mad at him. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And then both of them died. No, I guess just one of them died. Just just one. Yeah. That's got to be the most confusing relationship. It. 
okay, if anybody doesn't get it, between Anna, not Anna, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that went off the rails real quick. Uh, Crow and Amanda, um, that's got to be the most confusing relationship ever. She is so pissed at him, and he has no fucking clue why. Well, he does know why. Wouldn't that just be like a normal relationship, right? Like, like my wife is always pissed. My wife is always pissed at me for something, and I have no fucking clue what it is. But I'm always apologizing. I I feel like I feel like that's what the Amanda Holiday and Crow is. Whereas, like. Eris and Drifter, it, they just love each other. They're just, I love them. Their darkness is fine. It's whatever. It's a gray area. Whatever. It's fine. Light, <laughs> dark. Who cares? It's just, just love everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But so, with that being said, I think now is a good time to start digging into some of the lore entries that we got this season um, from the various weapons and armor of the season. Now these aren't traditional, right? Like these don't these don't really tell like a, like in a lot of the past seasons they've told a story. Um, these yeah. are more like people reacting to like in in game characters reacting to what Eris is doing, right? Yeah, no, there, there are a few things about like there, there's a few little story bits as far as like how Eris created the the stat the acolyte staff and um, see now that one I do need to thing. hear. Since, I, since I was very mis- misunderstanding <laughs> how this thing came into existence, so we have a few a few that tell those kinds of things, but a lot of them, yeah, are reactions of other characters and how they're taking these actions of Eris and what their thoughts are about them. Um, I will preface that I am very disappointed to have a really awesome new trial set of armor. And zero lore cards on it, so we get do not get a we do not get a continuation on Shira at least yet. No, oh, which that's, that's that's a little sad. That's, yeah, I was even, kind of even on the weapons. Are there, were there new weapons this season? For there trials? was uh, there was a grenade launcher, and yeah, that also did not have anything. No lore, son of a bitch. So that's 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 a little sad. I I I really connected with that story. So yeah. yeah, that's that's sad. Oh well, that's there's def- okay. there's definitely gonna be more to it. Or at least where they left it off makes it seem like there's gonna be more to it. We just not yet, I guess. Right. Well, um, and I know like uh, um, the other the other like continuing story, Joxer, he's dead, right? Like he's yeah, he was the titan the, that went he's through. He's the titan that's smashed on the on the face of it. Yeah, he's the one that that tried to go through the portal originally and is like a scout and got pretty turned inside out (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so um unfortunately no trials gear lore but uh we do have some some interesting lore on uh the seasonal items in particular so we are going to start with uh the seasonal rocket launcher which is called the semiotician uh and this one tell is uh telling us about ido and actually ido discovering some things that uh we have talked about and tried to figure out ourselves so uh this Scri- one scribe ido right scribe From ido yes yes yep. thank you okay. that's a good clarification uh the scribe like ido the, from the house of life the other ido <laughs> is still mia <laughs> i still don't know what the hell is that <laughs> lost 
Yes. Lost. Capital. Capital everything. Lost. Yes. With spaces. But, uh, but yeah, so semiotician goes like this. Ido of the House of Light, scribe log. I have received a gift from Eris Morn. It is a collection of hive tomes on the nature of their runes and the rituals that they compose. I delved into the tomes immediately. They were very useful once I was able to decipher her notes, neaten the pages, remove the blank bookmarks, which I hope were not there for some purpose. I could not find a pattern to their insertion, even when they had arrows pointing to underlined passages. At this point in my studies, I believe I have some insight into the way that these runes affect their magic. As Eris has explained to me, each rune is a logogram that encompasses many, and at times contradictory, meanings. Curiously, some denote the particular light energies used by guardians and predate the acquisition of the light by Savathun's brood. The style employed in inscribing the runes is unique to their practitioner. For instance, the runes that Eris writes follow concentric circles, while Savathun composes long, tangential strings of runes. Runes also adorn many hive weapons in long columns of text. I understand that Eris is now devising a ritual that requires the composition and empowerment of many hive runes. I must remember to wish her luck. That's the end of that one. So, so did Eris just hand her a, a copy of Books of Sorrow and just like read up? <laughs> it doesn't sound like it's Books of Sorrow per se. Okay, good because that that can lead. I mean, the ghost that read that got led down a really weird path, and now we've got, yeah. you know, Daddy Amaru, and and who's the other guy? I've already forgotten his damn name. Finch? Boy, that, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel bad now. I, I feel, I'm going to go visit him after this and just wish him well. There you go. Um, there you go. Well, so... so but but the okay so this, the the one thing that i want to focus on on this one honestly is the is the hive symbols being used as a as a form of communication cuz mm-hmm. like that's always been the craziest thing to me in the world so what what do they refer to a logograph a log, logograph a logogram what um, the hell is that so a logogram uh is in written language is a sign or a character that represents a word or a phrase. Uh, okay. So a good example so not of quite that. A pictograph. Not quite a pictograph. Closer to um, like Japanese kanji or okay, sure, uh, sure. Yeah, you know, Chinese like, like Mandarin. A, a, like like a swoop above a, a a thing will change the entire meaning of that yes. particular um, character. Yeah, and and some characters, depending on the context around them, the same character can have many different meanings, sometimes contradictory meanings. Okay, okay. So hive hive language is kind of hard. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like it, it's because that's the thing too is is like um, 
when we're going through, and again, again this is kind of like picking at little parts of it here and there. Like when you go through uh, the opening of, of Pit of Heresy, and there's like the, I think it's eight main runes, right? There's yeah. crab and pizza and A and hot dogs on a grill and stuff like that. Like, well, no, I don't even think a hot dogs on a grill is on that one. There's hamburger, definitely hamburger and I and five lines. Yeah. Um, I love that we, <laughs> everyone is, <laughs> I know everyone listening to this is going to be like, no, 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 no. That's blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, we get it. Everyone has their own name for it. But even even outside of those, like there are multiple symbols throughout the the hive uh, mm-hmm. text, um, even even anywhere in game that have crazy amounts of of different uh, lines and dashes and dots and stuff added to them or taken away from them or that just completely change the way a symbol even looks. And by doing so, what you're saying here has completely changed the meaning of it. Or, or even like made its own meaning contradictory to itself type thing. Is that, is that, am I understanding that right? Yeah. So I, I don't necessarily think that, um, that they have created new meaning for a symbol per se, but it's, it's like in the English language where the word, um, there can be said the same, same way, same pronunciation, but mean very different things depending on the context. Gotcha. You know, it can be there as in possessive, or it can be there as in a location. Like, uh, same same kind of thing. Like, depending on the context around it, the rune can can mean something completely different than if it's just on its own. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So very much, very much kanji or or mandarin or or yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm following. And it looks like uh, one of the forms of context that can provide a meaning for a rune is also not just the other runes but the way in which it is written uh and so for example they give like savathun does long strings of runes you know run on sentences or or something uh whereas other you know instances where we've seen hive runes specifically on like weapons uh, it's the symbols are, you know, carved in columns up and down. Yeah. Well, I'm even, I'm even thinking of the, um, of the lithogram. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the one that's sitting at, at Eris's table and the, the, the physical one you can get with the, with the Shadowkeep collection edition where like the, the, the runes there are written on different, um, I guess, I guess that would be columns. And then like, as you turn them, depending on how they line up would, would mean something totally different yep. based on the runes around it and stuff like that. So that, that's where I'm curious is like, even, even, even by lining up the runes a certain way and making it read, you know, whatever, because that's, I guess that's a, that's a hard. There's no like true translation of like, right. Hey, this symbol means the syllable er. And then when you put a dash over it, it's Ryuk. And then if you put a dash and a dot under it, then it's Uruk ear. And then it's like, it's continually changing the meaning of it. Yeah. Uh, not just the pronunciation. It is also changing the meaning of what that symbol actually is trying to portray. Right. So that's, that's where like, I'm curious if like on things like the, uh, the lithogram, uh, if all of the symbols on the device are 
all meaning something and as you line it up it's changing the meaning of the entire device or if you or if it's just like you're literally lining up four symbols and reading it you know boop 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 and then yeah. you turn it over and and it reads four symbols on the other side and it's that's just an, it just happened to be another sentence or something like that i i have a sneaking suspicion that if we had a way to translate that um i i bet you it it changes for the whole thing I bet you it, it is something for all of the runes on there, not just the ones relevant to the combination. Gotcha. gotcha. So you so just by just by like lining up the combination. Yeah. It, and again, this is this is very rudimentary way of kind of understanding and explaining it. Um, it just by lining that up, now you've created the meaning for the entire thing. Yes. You're not just reading like one line. You are the entire thing has a full meaning to it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm and um and, and another example of that um that Ido points out here that Eris writes all of her hive runes in concentric circles. So that's kind of mind blowing. She just writes sentences in circles. Right. Uh but like when when we see her perform the ritual to oh, yeah. transform herself, it's it's all interlocking circles that are drawn. Yep. Um and similarly, when when you're doing like the little hive staff to to do start the ritual in the summoning pits and whatnot, same thing. It, it's all that same circle pattern. Um, so Eris's kind of signature on the hive language seems to be using those circular patterns. That's I think that's just super cool, just from like a like a like a language standpoint. Like it is the yeah. fact that I could write them in a different way like exact same symbols but written in a different orientation or or whatever um which again i guess i guess as far as orientation is concerned if you turn a symbol on its side it is now technically a new symbol but in in like eris's version of where she's doing those interlocking circles kind of like the uh um like the olympic rings is kind of how she yeah. does hers where it's like all the all the different symbol all the different rings are kind of like overlapping each other a little bit um, or like a venn diagram i guess yeah. Um, yeah. But by doing that, she is she has created her own meaning to it. So the other thing that is is kind of interesting here is that um, Ido says that uh, the hive symbols, uh, some of the hive symbols, are talking about the light and the energies of the light, and these are symbols that predate. Savathun's brood having access to the light so presumably at least it would make a certain amount of sense for the hive language to have you know references to the traveler's gifts in some way because they've fought different versions of the light and you know sure. the gift mast and and Harmony, and whatnot reese reese reborn or Re yeah reese original not reborn um but i also wonder if by nature of them having a word for it or having a symbol for it, if they if that gives them some innate ability to weave it into their magic. Because that's the big thing with all of this, is all of these symbols and stuff are, are the key foundations to how they use their magic. Right. So if they have something that can depict or or describe light, presumably they have a way to tap into it. Right. And if we think about it, like we know that, um, you know, the hive boomers shoot, you know, fire, quote unquote. It's like a soul fire. Uh, 
or the 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 it's arc isn't it the boomers are arc actually yeah i think the, about the it. boomers are arc and then the knights they have like they're like it almost looks like they're breathing fire like they yeah they do this weird move where it looks like they're breathing fire onto you so like even in the the kill screen if we want to take that as literal like they're using like those attacks are labeled as arc or solar or void oh shit it's very possible how else that would our they... resistances work to them if if we've even right. our resistances as arc void and solar. Holy shit! So it's very possible that they they have figured out a way not to wield in the same way we have, but to use dark to mold whatever energy is around them to use it offensively. I mean, it's, it's the same way that we're describing light and dark, right? They are just tools. Exactly. Like yep. they are they are activating these things as tools and going. Now I'm making it do this. Okay. Okay. So that's just it's a fun little little thing about hive runes that I thought was really interesting. Uh, I like it. Yeah. So the next one we're going to read is uh, the Veiled Tithes Hood. Uh, I'm reading from the Warlock set, but all of the sets are the same. Um, so you'll see the same thing on Hunter or Titan or, uh, or whatnot. Uh, and this is discussing that creation of the Acolyte Staff, the Seasonal Artifact. So, this one goes like this. Eris had whittled the Hive Knight's denoted femur into a shaft and driven it deep with osmium nails. She'd wrapped it in velvet string, attached her sigil to it, and now it chimed as she turned it in her hand. Yeah, make it pretty, Amaru said, rolling his eye. That'll help. Real useful. I'm binding the staff with my power, she said arctly. What use have you been? I told you what to do. I gathered the materials. I crafted the staff. I infused it with light and soul fire. Do not presume your ideas were essential to this process. You think you're such an expert in hive magic, Imaru scoffed. But you know what? You're just doing parlor tricks. Without me, that staff would be nothing more than a fancy piece of bone. Eris gripped the staff and held it out to test its heft. It was unbalanced still. She returned it to the work table. Do not make yourself intolerable. Imaro moved so he could look Eris in the face. She raised her eyes, staring him down. He came close, and she did not step back. Or what? You might scare everyone else, but you don't scare me. There's nothing you can do except put up with me. Eris returned to her work, raising a hand and pushing him out of the way. He huffed, watching her as she resumed sharpening the points of the staff's base. With this, the Guardian may devise rituals of their own. I will empower their light, and channel the hive's vile power. You're welcome, Amaru said smugly. Eris ignored him 
and examined the staff she had crafted. It represented hours spent sliding a blade's edge over layers of dead, porous hive chitin, carving it with spells and imbuing it with magic. At its head was soul-fire ichor, encased in virtuous light, a gleaming vessel. One last reagent, and she turned back to her work table, and the worm squirmed and squealed under her knife. And that's the end of that one. That's all that time. Yeah, let's go. I, oh, oh. Eris, er, Eris might be my favorite character. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, I, Amaru might be, I don't know. Shit. Am I a hive? <laughs> I, I mean, there, there are hive guardians now. Maybe am I a just... secret hive? I really am a thrall. Shit. <laughs> All it's right. Double agent. I'm a double agent. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Everyone knows it now. Yep. Or am I? Oh, you're the I've triple agent. You're the quadruple I've... agent. <laughs> Shit. God damn it. Murdered by my own words. Uh, <laughs> shit. That still got me fucked up, man. That's, how do you do how do you keep every story straight as a quadruple agent? And just whatever. It's fine. Shin, you do your thing. Um Yeah, man. I it okay, I want to talk about Daddy Amaru. I, I keep call I'm gonna call him Daddy Amaru because that's what he is to me. Uh Daddy Edge Lord Amaru. Um God, he's like a he's like a combination between like an evil James Spader and a Joe Pesci. Like he's just I don't know which which is a better description of him. Like I think of like a almost like a like a Robert California slash Ultron slash Joe Pesci being. That's just what he is. And he just like <laughs> I don't know. He kind of like sometimes he'll say something. I'm like, that's a little Joe Pesci, and then he'll say something else. I'm like, oh, that's a little, that's a little billionaire nut job. <laughs> then he'll say something else. I'm like, oh, that's evil. That's just straight evil. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Yeah, I mean, uh, so we we've talked about it before. I I don't like Amaru because <laughs> I can't I can't respect thing he says because the minute he is in any kind of real danger. He's just a wimp. He, He's just he a little wimps. wimp. <laughs> he wimps so he is all fluff. He is he is all hype and fluff and no substance at all. Like it, it when he starts to say something to Eris in one of the, in like the very first cutscene of this season, and our guardian just reaches out and grabs hold of him and starts to crush him. And he's like, "You, you need me." And then Eris is like, "We need you to shut the hell up." And that's it. <laughs> like that's like. That's it. And we're just he's nothing. He he has all this like huff and puff and and fluff and nothing to back it up with. And I think even Eris like knows it. Oh, she just like like just doesn't even care to put up with it anymore. She's just like, move. Like, I don't even care. Just get out of my way. But okay, yeah. She's uh she God, I I imagine her with like a scalpel and and that slight smile on her face, that same one from the from the stasis one where she's just like She's not like fully giggling, smiling, but she's just so slight that you're like, Eris, you, you, 
you might need some help. You might be fucking evil. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe go see someone or something. You, you need someone to talk to? I, Jermaine doing it for you this week? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe pretend he's Wu Ming or something. I don't know. Pick something else. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Now she, uh, yeah, she, she, maybe enjoys a few bits of. I think she does her job a little more she, than she, she should. I think, I think her level of love for being the god of vengeance is slightly more elevated than our yeah. love for literally anything. <laughs> our uh, a guardian's love for loot. Let's put, yeah, a yeah. guardian. Her love for vengeance is greater than a guardian's love for new loot. That's, and that that love for new loot is pretty damn strong. I'll tell you what. Oh, it is. It is. It's a big driving force between a lot for a lot of the things we do. <laughs> um, hey, yeah. go kill this hive boss. Why? He's got loot. Oh, no. Oh, cool. Okay, that's done. <laughs> Wait, you didn't. You didn't even want to hear like his backstory. No, no. no. Is it good loot? Yeah. Well, is it I shiny? mean, yeah, it's it's pretty shiny. It's pretty good. I don't know. All right, cool, done. But you got to hear my plan of like he's the linchpin. I don't care. I just yeah. just give me the loot. That's just that's I'm that's fine. The armor glows. I want it. That's all I want. <laughs> yep. But uh, no, going back to Amaro for a second. So uh, before I forget, I'm going to pause on the lore cards and talk about a dialogue from Amaru during the summoning ritual uh, seasonal activity. Uh, so it's similar to other seasonal activities. You do the event, uh, you get to the end, and then you get a little dialogue between usually Eris and Amaru. Um, or sometimes like Amaru and Ikora or whatever. Um, and Amaru, uh, a lot of the dialogue is just him being a taunting ass. Uh, but there was one in particular that really got me thinking. So he says something along the lines of, you know, Hey, I know your ghost has probably told you that they can't feel the traveler anymore. That's not quite true. What they're they're sparing you the details, those details being that the traveler is in immense pain. And all we can hear from it is it screaming for help. That's and, not terrifying at all. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not <laughs> shit. <laughs> so, but this this brings up a couple things. Um A that our ghost is I don't want to say lying to us, do, lying was, by omission. Say, do we take do we take his word at, at face well, value? Well, that's another thing. Like this is Amaru. How much do we want to trust that? Yeah. Uh, if we assume what he's saying is truthful, then that that means that our ghosts have been either a truly can't hear something he can, or b are are leaving us. You know, are are not letting us know just how bad it is. Like sparing, sparing the gory details, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the other bit of this is that if it is true, this means that the ghosts have and presumably have always had some level of communication with the traveler. Making the traveler a sentient being. I mean, if it can scream in pain 
<laughs> then yeah. They can scream in anything. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that's that's uh I don't I don't know, man. I I I hesitate to take what he says at face value. Like I there I Yeah. No, that's hundred percent something to to remember. This is Amaru. Amaru has a a, he has a chip on his shoulder on the best of I mean, days. I mean, you come, uh, glitter bomb. I can't do a good tomorrow, man. I can't. I, I instantly want to go be like, hey, oh, I mean, you come, <laughs> you glitter bombs. Like, yeah. Like borderline Boston, like some, yeah. somewhere in the New England area. I don't know. But so we, we have Amaru, who chip on his shoulder, best of days. Um, he is, has no love or trust for us and is the ghost of the hive god of cunning and deceit like (laughs) i'm guessing he's not terribly truthful himself that's why like he keeps saying like oh every time we come across him you're like oh yeah sabathun knew all about that like did she right are you like really come the fuck on like get get out of here now every now and then he he does have a recording recording. that's what fucks me up it's (laughs) like he's he's like he says something and i'm just like shut up like you don't even have a clue what you're talking about and then he plays a recording and sure enough it's there and i'm like well shit (laughs) what what do i believe and not believe like that's again i come back to the idea of the greatest lie is telling everyone that you are the greatest liar like yeah how do you how do you how do you like you can't trust anything and therefore have fulfilled life. Like that's, I can't, that's mind blowing, completely mind blowing is what that is. So just a little aside there. Um, but going back to the acolytes staff for a moment. Uh, so we've seen how it was created, uh, but post creation outside of assisting us and assisting Eris and rituals, it also did kind of a fun thing, and that is uh, scare the pants off Master Rahul. Uh, oh, thank God. <laughs> that guy, that dick needs to be knocked down a few pegs. Yeah, so uh, needless to say, the lore card on the Acolyte staff itself, the seasonal, all the seasonal artifacts have lore cards uh, that you can view in the screen where you're picking out your perks and such. Um the lore card on that itself gives us that fun little scenario. So uh, it goes like this. Commander, speak to me not of the darkness. I want no part. I once cautioned an over-eager guardian who loitered near me in the tower. I did not mean their command over strand or stasis, but rather the deep, ancient corruption that empowers our enemies and corrodes our very souls. This force, this evil, if I may use such a simplistic term, surrounds us, and we must do all we can to limit our exposure, lest we find ourselves sinking below its dark waves. And so it was with great hesitancy that I examined the unusual acolyte staff created by Eris Morn and Imaru, the renegade ghost. I find their allegiance baffling as she holds no love for the hive, and he is the foul creature who resurrected Savathun. But even that is not as strange as the staff itself. In addition to being bound with charms and inscribed with powerful runes, the staff contains a small fragment of hive worm, 
due to a ghastly ritual and a metaphysical loophole in sword logic philosophy. A guardian wielding the staff is able to transfer the power of their defeated foes to Miss Morn through a blood tithe. Seeking answers, I sought Miss Morn herself. I found her beyond a portal she erected in the helm. She was waiting on an elaborate bone dais in a forgotten corner of Savathun's throne world. She called the Athenaeum, as it allowed her to study the secrets of Savathun's spire. The seclusion of the locale was appealing, but when Miss Morn began to change, I fled, leaving my curiosity behind me. There is power within the staff, Commander. Terrible power. Speak to me not of the darkness. Master Rahul. And that's the end of that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wimp. Um, Screw you, Rahul. Just give me yep. the give me give me give me my sixty-eight gloves with let's see what do I want to. Uh, 30 strength, 30, uh, we, we go 15, we go 15, 15. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 let's go, let's go 10, 20. Let's go, God, it really doesn't matter because they're both four energy anyway. Yeah, we'll go 10, 20, 30, uh, for discipline, resilience, or, uh, sorry, uh, resilience, recovery, strength on my necrotic grips. Thanks. Yep. 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 <laughs> Sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, no, it's, hey, did they just put in an in-game lore reason behind idle dialogue? Kind of, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, I, I, that's the one thing from this whole thing that I'm like, okay. All right, you guys. You, you, you guys. I see you. That's cute. But no, he's, he's truly afraid of this, which, oh, uh, yeah. screw him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but so there, there are some other members of the the you know our community and alliances though that might have some opinions about what Eris is doing and uh the next one we're going to go over is uh in relation to Keitel because if we recall from our Cabal series uh Torbottle was was destroyed by Sivua Wrath and her hive and so no one really knows how is Keitel going to respond to us using the same powers that, you know, destroyed her homeworld, albeit against, you know, the thing that destroyed her homeworld, Sivu. I mean, uh, she was, uh, if you think back to Season of the Haunted, she was very much against using any type of hive magic. Yes. When when Eris was like, hey, I need to bind you to this thing so that way the nightmares don't fuck with your heads. Keitel's like, you can screw right off, and I'm going to do things my way. And then still had to deal with her nightmares. Like, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not exactly. It didn't exactly work, did it? Not, not quite. Um, so needless to say, this is a, uh, a conversation that Ikora was not looking forward to having. Um, but needless to say, we get to see how things play out in the lore card for the Acroamatus, which is the sparrow. For the season. Uh, and it goes like this. Ikora took a deep breath to compose herself. She had been dreading 
the conversation she was about to initiate. She ran through all the anticipated objections and corresponding de-escalation tactics in her mind. It was important to keep the situation in hand at any cost. And once she had steeled herself, she nodded to her coast, Ophiosius, who engaged the hollow projector. A moment later, the bust of Empress Keitel illuminated Ikora's office, even translucent and digitized the Empress was an imposing figure. With a steady voice and unwavering gaze, Ikora detailed the vanguard's plan to resurrect Savathun in exchange for the knowledge of how to breach the witness's portal. When she finished, Ikora braced for the Empress's fury. And instead, she was met with pensive silence. And when Keitel finally spoke... Her tone was measured. There was a time, not so long ago, when the Witch Queen's resurrection would have seemed like a betrayal. Ikora held her breath. But after working aboard the Leviathan with Eris, after speaking with Gaul, the Empress lowered and shook her tusks, a gesture of uncertainty. I must accept that the ways of light and dark are beyond my reckoning. Keitel raised her tusks once again and hardened her voice. I trust Aris Morn as I would my own mythkeeper. If the vanguard agrees that this is the only way to stop the witness, then so be it. My legions will not stand in your way. My thanks, Empress, Ikora replied with obvious relief. Besides, the Empress concluded, if this plan brings me one step closer to crushing Sivuarath's skull, then it has my blessing. And that's the end of that one. Yeah, let's go, Skull Crusher. <laughs> I feel like so, that was a Guardian's hammer. Skull Crusher, a weapon? I don't. Not in Destiny, I don't think. Maybe not in Destiny. I don't know. <laughs> I know I'm remembering it from something. Was it? Oh, I know what it was from. It's from that that movie, uh, Violent Night, where Santa's <laughs> ah. actually a. A lifelong Viking. There you go. Skull Crusher was his maul. There you go. God, he could wield a hammer. He was that. <laughs> oh, oh, you want a good vengeance gore movie? Just boom. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, no, it's I. It's first off, I'm pretty sure Ikora could take Keitel in a one v one. Like if it escalated to that point, Ikora would probably win. Uh. Probably. Maybe not a fair fight, because I feel like having the light is probably not fair. Whatever. It's yeah. fine. Samantha. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, I don't even know a Samantha. I don't know why that came to my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just all movies tonight, man. Anything is on the line here. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, it, it's... it's. I I definitely respect Keitel. Um she, her character is just absolutely amazing to me is 
the all the shit she's gone through. I mean, her dad killed her fucking dog. Like, yeah, dude, you've seen John Wick. Somebody kills your dog, you you go on a rampage. See, I'm all full of movies tonight, man. That's all it is. Um, no, it like Keitel has had such this this such a central role to the Destiny universe, kind of in the background, and now it's only very recently been brought very forward to us. And I mean, if if she wants, if if anyone wants. A, a chance to, at Zebu Wrath, I feel like it would be Keitel because, again, Keitel is the one that destroyed Torbottle, like, destroyed it. Like, I, do we have any type of reports or anything on, like, it, does the planet exist anymore? Is it gone? Uh, unknown, because, you know, Keitel fled while it was under yeah. siege, and they've never, I mean, they haven't gone back, so. Like, like all the cabal that exist now that are, like, what, what 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 does she have a legion? Yeah, she has she has a legion of her own. Um, I'm trying to think like 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 you know like how Gauls was like the Red Legion and then oh yeah, um, yeah. uh um uh, Callus's is the Shadow Legion. Like does her legion have is her like the the chosen legion? Is that what I don't I don't think it has a name like that. I think it's just the I, I want to say it's just the royal the royal legion. Um, like just the the cabal, like yeah, I don't, I don't. We know are that cabal. We drink the mountain. We eat like the seas. That. Wait, yeah. we eat the mountain. Drink the seas. Close enough. Okay. <laughs> um, the thing you have to say every time you say we are cabal, like yeah, that's. <laughs> I still love that. Like if the 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 image of like some dude just like like he's like they end a meeting or something. He's like, all right, yeah, we're cabal. And Kaido goes, uh, excuse me, and he goes. <sighs> We are cabal. We eat the mountains. <laughs> we drink the seas. Like he's so, he's just so tired of saying it after every meeting. And Kyle just goes, "That's my boy." <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's, I, I, I'm actually, I, I am a little surprised here that 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 Kyle is so willing to just go with his plan. But I think she's starting to realize the same thing that all of us are realizing as 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 guardians that. Light and dark is such a such a unique thing that it's it's got its own nuances, it's got its own everything outside of just being like tools, like even the forces themselves um, that are above it. Like it's it's there's more to it than just a straightforward fight. And so for Keitel to even give the blessing on that is like kind of a big deal. Oh yeah, but at the same well, time, super super understandable. Yeah, and well, and for her to to look past the to see the bigger picture you know because that was that was always when her character was introduced uh her and and the rest of the cabal um were very like we're very honor bound we're very you know we're this is going to be our way we're going to win the victory in front of us uh so that we can you know search so that we can survive to see the victory tomorrow kind of thing it it was it, there was never much forward thinking in the cabal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it was just there's an obstacle in front of us. We are going to kill it and How then do keep I moving. Kill it? How do uh, I kill it faster? <laughs> yeah. And in this case, yeah, we're we're seeing her as she's like, no, okay, this, you know, Sabathun, and and even Shivu is not the thing we really need to be focusing on right now. We need to be focusing on the the witness and the end of the universe. I uh, but if Shivu ends up in a position where I can kill her, then yeah, I'm gonna do it. Uh yeah. 
but it's it's a very different vibe to you know when they rolled into the solar system they're like you will be subservient to us because we need an army to prepare for this thing that's coming uh so but uh but yeah uh another person that we talked a little bit about their interactions before this is the drifter um has a lore card as well uh in how he's kind of internally what his thoughts are about what's going on with Eris. Uh, and this is on the hand cannon kept confidence. Uh, and it goes like this. Drifter wiped the sweat off his brow and the grin off his face. His shoulders slumped as he stepped down from the platform in the derelict. The gambit match had ended in a hard-earned win and the next match would be in a few minutes. That's all he had. He cleared his throat. His voice was hoarse. Drifter looked up at the swirling mass of Egregore, and his thoughts shifted back to Eris Morn. They'd found little comfort with each other, little understanding. But what did it look like, he wondered, when all that chitin burst out of her? What did it feel like to eat up all the tithes the guardians were taking for her in the field, in the crucible, in the gambit? He'd read the reports. He saw the theories on Vannet. He didn't trust them, though. He trusted her. Drifter nodded to himself and took a breath as he heard the guardians assemble behind him. He stepped up on the platform flicked his jade coin, spun it in the air, catching the light before falling back into his waiting palm. Have you ever eaten hive eyes? He asked with a smile, twisting his wrist around and slipping the coin back into his sleeve. Real juicy. They go pop in your mouth and shivers run all the way through. <laughs> I'll tell you more when you're older. He winked, and the assembled guardians watched him in silence. Transmat firing, he called out, and they disappeared in a burst of light. And that's the end of that one. I love that they're just coming up with like lore explanations of like how shit happens. They are literally giving us the opposite of because video game. <laughs> kind they of, are kind giving of. us the lore explanation of because video game, and I'm here for it. They. Good on you. You win. You win the internet today, Bungie. But so yeah, generally speaking, we see that you know, uh, Drifter is kind of concerned about what Eris is going through, um, but he he trusts her more than the Vanguard uh, oh, yeah. to to know you know how to how to deal with herself, um, you know how to how to handle what's going on, uh, but you know. He is he is still thinking about her and like, you know, wondering how she's doing and what she's going through. Um, and I do want to point out that the flavor text on this weapon, on the kept confidence, uh, is a quote from the drifter that just says, One way or the other, I'll be there. Oh. So. Oh. I have my love story. Yay. <laughs> now don't ruin it, Bungie. Yes. If one of these two dies, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> Just saying. 
So someone else that is concerned for what Eris is feeling during her transformation is Commander Zavala. Uh, in a very different way than what Drifter is. And uh, we see some of that in the Veiled Tithes Bond, uh, the class item for the armor set, uh, which goes like this. Zavala locked his office door. The furtive gesture made him uneasy, but he couldn't risk anyone coming in. The feed he was about to watch could very easily be misconstrued. As it was, the city smoldered with rumors from citizens and guardians alike. The persistent, undulating hole in the traveler's side had put everyone on edge. Hearing that the vanguard leadership was using hive magic to fulfill a bargain put forth by the witch queen would undoubtedly stoke the flames of panic. Zavala leaned grimly over his desk to watch the Guardian's latest tithes to Eris mourn. It used to be simple, he lamented. We exterminated the hive wherever we found them, and we felt good about it, justified. But in recent years, moral ambiguous situations like these had become more common, and separating friend from foe was increasingly difficult. Over the feed, Eris Morn's face lit up with fierce elation as the Guardian's tithes flowed through her. Her hive form seemed to swell with power. Zavala knew that Eris undertook the rituals with temperance, at least for now, but he wondered how long her clarity would last. Elsie Bray's warnings had been too vivid to dismiss, even after Ikora's reassurances. Zavala turned away from the feed to gaze out the window at the traveler. The trauma puncturing its side reminded him of the stakes, the reason they were taking such risks. He sighed, wondering how many more compromises they would have to make before the end and that's it for that one i mean i can tell you one of them you're gonna have to talk to sabbath you're (laughs) gonna have to let her res like yeah this this entire universe is all just coming down to compromises now it feels like yeah we could use a little hive magic it'll be fine right yeah eris turned into a god man that's gonna be freaking cool (laughs) (laughs) maybe we hold back on that part like don't tell anyone that oh okay okay but I mean, hey, that traveler man, he's he's doing uh well, maybe he's not doing so good. <laughs> he's yeah. definitely screaming in silence. Uh yeah, no, it's it's gotta be hard on 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 Zavala just to to kind of keep a hold on everything, right? Like it's right. It's so so much of his beliefs have just been thrown to the fucking wind in the last like what five seasons maybe like ever since like even haunting or even before haunting like everything he's he's really kind of been this stoic you know i am i am the wall now he's just kind of like i don't want to say broken but man he's he's really having to like put a lot of shit aside i mean he was yeah he was pissed when he was like the traveler 
gave the light to her? Like, she didn't steal it? This isn't some elaborate hoax or something? Like, and then we just had to be like, yeah, yeah. She was dead and and got rest. Like, she mm-hmm. did the stuff. She, devotion, bravery, sacrifice. She did the thing. So she gets rest. Yeah, that's, uh, sucks to suck, I guess. And he just has to kind of like lay back and be like, well, shit. Now what? <laughs> So yeah, like for him to for him to be this uh concerned about it but accepting of it, I feel like is is now his I mean he's he says as much here, like you know, it used to be so simple. We killed him and it was justified and that was it. Like hive bad, guardian good, yay, job done. But it's so like the world is such a gray area now. There's so much yeah. nuances to everything that we're just I I think have always been there but are now so front and center that it's just it's it's hard to look past him. Yeah, I mean even Shin struggled with the same things. Like he he was a very black and white. There's good, there's bad, good ends bad. And then yeah. he yeah. started to see that like now there there are shades of gray in between and and you know Maybe I maybe I'm not needed in this world anymore. Maybe my role is not needed anymore. Um, how if if you had to put a number on it, how many shades of gray would there be? <laughs> I'm gonna get shot. Aren't no, I? <laughs> I'm not answering that. <laughs> Thank you, Beth. You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, so, but we're not all doom and gloom. We have a couple fun ones. Uh, no, a couple fun little that. lore entries. World is ending. Witness wins. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of like the Lightfall campaign in a nutshell, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Witness wins. We suck. Go home. Try again tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Nimbus. <laughs> Thanks but, for saving uh, my go. Thanks for stopping me from shooting my best friend and thing yeah. that ties me to the light. Appreciate it, buddy. Oh, but no. So on a, a a more fun note, and one that I think you will appreciate in particular, uh, we have a conversation between Mithrax and Ikora about a particular someone that showed okay. up not too long ago. Uh, this is on the veiled tithe robes, the chess piece. Uh, and it goes like this. Mithrax had come to Ikora's office with a gift and a question. The gift was a large glass jar of preserved leech-like creatures, oily and glistening. They were perhaps the most delicious thing Ikora had tasted in the last 20 years. And while the two of them worked their way through the jar, Mithrax uncomfortably stumbled his way to his question. Eris Morn has changed, he said carefully. Nikora nodded. She chose to change, and she acted out of... Is there a human word for... Love bravery. Ikora smiled. I think it would just be love, she said. Love, then, Mithrax nodded. 
If she were to change forever, if she cannot return to herself, will she be remembered well, since her first choice was made from love? Ikora responded as though she had not struggled with the thought a thousand times already. Eris will always be Eris, no matter what form she takes, she said. Mithrax harumphed in satisfaction and leaned forward to take another leech. Yes, I am always impressed with the resilience of the Guardians, with or without their light. Saint tells me the Titan Sloan embraced the Taken, and she is doing well. Yes, and for that I am grateful, Ikora said. But they don't always come back, Mithrax. An old friend of mine was corrupted by the Vex in a similar way. He stayed behind when the pyramids attacked, just like Sloan. But I believe we lost him. Hmm. I am sorry about your friend, Mithrax said somberly. I hope he is remembered as a hero. Akora raised her eyebrows but said nothing. I, too, encountered a great mind consumed by the Vex, Mithrax continued. The Guardian and I attempted a rescue, but it went deeper into the network as it gained the access it sought. It taught me that the pursuit of truth is worth any price, even one's own sense of self. Ikora smiled. Asher would have agreed with every word of that. Mithrax leaned forward in amazement, a leech dangling limply from his claws. You knew Ashermir? Ikora cocked her head. Yes, Ashermir. How on earth did you know him? Ashermir, Mithrax said slowly to himself, mimicking Ikora. That is why I have been unable to locate any records. Ikora, he said, straightening himself in his seat, I must tell you a story about your friend Ashramir, the hero. And that's where that one ends. Let's go on! Oh! oh. Have to contain excitement. <laughs> Have to contain excitement. Must contain. Oh, I fucking love Ashermere. First thing he did was shoot the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> For science, what happens if I launch a nuclear warhead at it? Hmm, I don't know. Let's try. <laughs> Thanks, Asher. You're the best. I love science. Oh. <laughs> Oh man! So now, so the so okay. So, oh shit! God damn! I'm gonna cry now. Um, I love Ashermere. Ashermere is the greatest asshole I've ever met in my life, and I love him. And he is the best. 
and I will never stop loving him. Um, I am now 100% convinced that he is, he either is the Vex network or he is some section of the Vex network. He is that deeply integrated into it. Like if, if you haven't, is it still in the game? Yeah, it's got to still be in the game because it was just yeah. the first season of the of Lightfall, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, go play the 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 um, I don't even know what it's called. The, Avalon. The, the, Avalon. Okay. Yeah. Um, Lady in the Lake mission is what I think of it <laughs> yeah. as. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what lake? Uh, <laughs> God damn it, man! I love Ashermir. I miss the Pyramidian. I miss. Um, I miss all of his dialogue, like all of his stuff through the Red War, where he's just like, shut up, you stupid. Like, he's just, Vuvuzela. <laughs> what is Vuvuzela? I love, I love, I love all the little references in that mission. And even, like, the, the stick itself. Like, I tried to make a build around the stick because I was like, I'm never taking this thing off. Like, the glaive is just amazing looking, and it's... It's oh, uh, the lore on the glaive. Do you have the lore on the glaive? I'm gonna make you read the lore on the glaive right now, <laughs> if you if you have access to it, because it's I, I it's so cute. He's 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 so it's him just trying to hack the Vex network, and the Vex network keeps trying to reject. Him. He's like, yeah yeah yeah, you us them they equal scribe. Like send that authorize authorization detected. Blah 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 blah. Like it's it's so great. It's oh, I love Ashermir. Asher's uh, a fun one, yeah. So, so that, so okay, so now, and this is kind of interesting too. Mithrax has a connection here. He now can fully understand what's going on here with Asher. Mm-hmm. It might actually be, and and now it seems like Cora now knows of the fate of Ashermere. Like it's this is definitely a thing. This is this is one hundred percent. Um. I don't know this. I think this has bigger implications than I'm even thinking right now. I I think so. So, um, you know, I'm guessing that the first episode post final shape appears to be Vex themed. And I think there we're starting to see some seeds for like Asher being a part of that in some way, that Vex themed episode. It's it's funny because we thought like Praetis, was going to be a big part. Maybe I both. Por que no los dos? Yeah. Like, what better to help a guardian than another guardian trapped in the same network? And 220... There's no longer 227, are there? They've got to be down not. a few. Yeah. <laughs> They've got to be down at least five or six. Like, one of them was killed by Elsie. One of them was deleted by the darkness. I don't... What what the fuck happened to Maya Sunrush in the chair? Like that's I don't know. She didn't have like a bullet hole in her, right? Like she wasn't like holding no, the forty five and she got a hole in her head. She was just like she was limp. connected to the orchestra, the the conductor chair. That's 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 still freaky. I don't I it don't is. Even, I don't even know. So they've they're down a few copies at least. Uh so I don't know, maybe in maybe M Sun twelve is the it can't be the real one because if it's twelve, then that implies that it is the twelfth copy of her. Well, remember, the original Maya Sundaresh was studying Subject Twelve was the name of the Vex that they were oh, studying, so it could be a play on that. Shit. Okay, so maybe she's labeled herself. The original has labeled herself. No, the original's got to be dead. The copy's got to be just as good, though, right? Like, as long as they don't get Vex corrupted, they're fine. 
Yeah. But so far, that a lot of them have been Vex corrupted, and they've kind of gone. <laughs> they've kind of gotten screwed. Um, yeah, maybe maybe that entire episode is just M Sun Twelve, uh, Praetith and 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 Asher just yeah. like roaming roaming the Vex halls and taking out Vex and making everything Guardian like. God, yeah. I'd be so for it. I'm ready for it. So it, it's fun here though, because this this shows that like Mithrax came away from the Avalon mission and started trying to find information. But what what isn't necessarily clear um, when you just hear it, I when you read it, he has been searching for it, uh, searching for references of the Ashermere. Like yeah, one word, all one word. A A S A S H E R M E R E. I think is how yep. he was putting yep. it. Rather and, than the actual spelling of it, which is Asher space Mir, M-I-R, like Mir space station. Yep. So, oh, yeah. So Ikora has finally made this connection for Mithrax about like, no, this was a person. <laughs> and this was this was their real name. And now Mithrax is like, oh, I, I can go find info about this person now. And also realizing that this person was important to Ikora. And now he's he's saying like, let me tell you what happened to him after the pyramids. I'm telling you, like the the way that that is said there is very much like it, this legend had like all these tales yeah. have arose from this legend, which which again, thinking back to the mission, the lady in the lake, like that's the whole thing. It's this yeah. like big Arth- Arthurian legend of how he begot his power and became the greatest. And like, that's what's happening here with Ashermere. Like he was just some scientist doing science shit. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's got like these great tale, the, the great Ashermere. Like it's, 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 I, ha, ah, ah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm fangirling a little bit right now. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I know. <laughs> First uh, thing he did was shoot the damn thing. I love that. That is literally the lore text for it. Yep. The first thing he did was shoot the damn thing. Oh. Um, but so yes. Good. So Ashermere well, awesome. continues on. Uh I'm telling you, he's he's still got a role to play. As much as as oh, much I as the Avalon so. mission kind of gave like a finalization to it. I, I don't think that that is the end. I think that there is more to it. And I truly think that he has either gained control over a subset of Vex, like kind of like the Soul Praetoriate or the Soul Divisive or something. Like maybe there's the Soul Mirtorium or something. Like, I don't know. Hey. Um, yeah, that makes sense that's, to me. That's what I think, man. I, I truly think that there that we will eventually be working alongside Vex in, in doing something. Yeah. Like... I, what that something is or what I, I have no idea. But so another name that um, we, I don't think have ever heard before uh, this season um, that we get a little bit of information about um, kind of their reputation more than anything is uh, Eris Morn's ghost by the name of Bria or Bria. Um, yeah, I don't know that we've ever. Yeah, I don't... Oh, the whole time we've ever known her, she just has the the bone, right? Uh, and so we we see a little discussion among some of the other ghosts in the tower, uh, that uh, are are giving some context for who I think it's Briah uh, was. 
And this is on the scout rifle for the season that was is titled Briah's Love. Uh, and it goes like this. What was Briah like? The assembled ghosts, Targe, Peach, and Of Akora's ghost, I can never say. Uh, Ophicius, I think. I, I always call him Ophi. Sure, Ophi. That's, that's uh, <laughs> so much easier than whatever the hell is written there. <laughs> yes. Targe, Peach, and Ophi. Ophi, yeah. Ceased their gossip and turned to Glint, who bobbed back a half step. I never met her, Glint admitted. But you know what happened to her, right? Peach asked. Glint nodded. She was... Peach thought for a moment, searching for the word. Cheerful. Glint contracted his shell in confusion. That's a little hard to imagine. It's true? Peach chimed. You saying that makes it even harder to imagine. Glint replied, but Tarj and Ophi bobbed in affir affirmation. I mean, Eris was never cheerful, Peach continued, but Briah could bring out a different side of her. It was impressive. I was impressed. She used to make up rhymes with Eris, Tarj added. It was endearing, Ophi said. Huh. Glint mused. Sounds like she was pretty special. She was, Targe said. They fell into a moment's silence until Peach spoke again. What she did in the Hellmouth, it, it wasn't for nothing. Eris made it out. The assembled ghosts nodded. I think... I think I'd do the same. If Crow was in danger, Glynn said softly. If that was the only way to keep him safe. But Crow would be very sad. Very, very sad. Eris is very, very sad, too. It wasn't just losing the light or her friends, Tarj replied. We know our guardians better than anyone. Ophi said. We see them at their lowest moments. Tarj glanced away, lost in thought. Peach hummed. Mm, I wonder what she'd think about Eris's plan. Her question hung in the air for a moment, and Glint bobbed in consideration. I think she'd be proud, he said. And the others agreed. And that's the end of that one. I think so too. It's I don't, like none of us ever knew her ghost. Like when we first meet Eris, she literally just has her rock, and that's it. Mm -hmm. um, but so so the ghosts here. Uh, I know o Ophi is is Ikora's ghost. Glint is obviously Crow's Crow's ghost. Go ahead, yes. that was hard to say. Um, Tarj is the one I was trying to think of the last time. He's the one that finds the Quicksilver stuff with uh, Elsie. No. No? Okay. Um, Tarj is Zavala's ghost, I do believe. 
Uh, okay, I was thinking Peach was. Now I don't know who Peach is then. <laughs> uh, Peach is an unpartnered ghost. Okay. Um, but Peach is from what is perhaps one of my favorite lore cards. Uh, definitely one of my favorite lore cards. Uh, she is one of the ghosts that is interviewed um, in the ghost stories book where there it's her and Balthazar and they're talking about like, you know, do you remember the time when you were inside the traveler and Balthazar is like, Oh, they're yes, all like we, talking shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh yes. We, we called it the womb. And she's like, no, we don't. No, we didn't. <laughs> you dumb shit. <laughs> she's like the one person calling everyone out on their bullshit. Like, yeah, you have no clue. You don't remember any of that. Yeah. So that, that was peach was from that. Interview. Okay. Gotcha. Was she still unpaired though? Uh, as far as we know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, she doesn't uh, follow Micah around, so she's not looking for a hunter. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, maybe she'll so, find a warlock. Maybe so. Never know. Um. But yeah. So the uh, the next thing we're gonna touch on here, and probably our final couple of readings here, looking at the the time, um, are gonna be in related. Uh, related to the other kind of mechanic that has come about this season, and that is the introduction of these tarot cards. Um, now, in game, the mechanic is that the different cards, you know, you randomly get a set of cards and they give you different uh, effects, uh, bonuses in the Summoning Pits and in Sabbath Inspire. Spoiler um, alert, you're always looking for the blades so that way you can get fucking heavy ammo <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> The blades are really nice. I really like. I picked void for my first week's attunement. Of I course, knew you would. I uh, knew you would. Like when I saw it, I'm like, I bet Beth went void. <laughs> Margie went void. I went arc. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. 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 So the the void one is fun because it can make all void damage suppress, which is oh pretty my great. God. Dude, that might be broken. <laughs> oh, but you but you have to pull it as a random card anyway. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think the I think the arc one does all the. I think it does jolt. For some, maybe it maybe it does blind and jolt. No, it might just do blind. If if void just does a press, arc's got to be blind then. Yeah, but the void one's real fun when you just happen to pull it against a um, hive guardian. Oh, and my they God. they super, and you're just like, nope. and you just supr- you just nope. shoot them once because it's <laughs> nope. any void damage, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's any void damage. So, like, you literally just shoot them with a void, and they're like, oh, I'm suppressed now. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good fun. Now you know, now you know how Mayhem PvP feels like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, so these tarot cards, uh, for us, are a mechanic thing, but they're woven into the lore and the story that's going on here. And uh, Eris is using these tarot cards um along with kind of the the hive magics to uh, uh give herself tarot readings to try and understand like what's coming um and so we we see kind of two instances of this uh and the first one uh which is is more focused on the actual tarot cards themselves comes to us from the exotic for the season, uh, Exodirus. And uh, it goes like this. The cards gleamed in Eris Morn's hands 
each one a taut web of meaning pinned down in place so that its signifier in all its instability could be held and comprehended. She lay the first card on the table. Blades, of course, she thought. The hive's childish, childish logic. But like all childish things, it was persistent. They were all ensnared in its thesis. And for now, it was their purpose as much as the hive's. The second card over the first, the adherent, Shivuarath. The greatest and most committed proponent of her brother's grand theory, Shivuarath guarded the blade's card with her life. It held her with all of the great lies she told herself. Eris placed the third card below the others. The sisters, Aurash, Sathuna, and Zero, the hive god's first names and first selves. But the fourth card made her hesitate. She looked at it, and it stared back. The harbinger. It could be no one but herself. She placed it to the left of the others. Perhaps now she counted among those sisters. Savathun, Shivurath, and Eris Morn. A game between siblings. A love that sharpens. Another card to the right of the first two. The Lie. Eris furrowed her brow. The cards had manifested through hive magic. Perhaps it denoted how the hive see the guardians, liars denying the all-edged truth of the sword logic. Or was it the lie of the logic itself? Or the lie of the deep? Or the lie of the worms? She was unsure. Three cards above the rest, one beside the other. Liminal, Ascension, and Lacuna. All the aspects of a guardian's light. She had not held it for centuries. The hive sisters below beckoned more loudly than the light did now. Eris made a column of the remaining cards. At the bottom, the witch and above that the truth, and then lament, and then the wish. Who was the witch, Savathun or herself? The thought gave her pause. For whom did the truth flow? There were too many truths for any one to triumph. But lament she knew. The slaying of Oryx, Shivuarath's greatest loss. Would the truth lead to another hive sibling's death? Eris looked to the last card. The wish puzzled her. A wish is desire, the greatest power in this universe. Eris had wished once before and it had led her here. Would she be asked to wish again? What else 
what her desire wrought. Turning away, Eris left the cards on the table and took her questions with her. And that's the end of that one. Dude, I I got nothing here, man. I I I I followed it, but there are way too many questions <laughs> in this entirety of the of just single reading to try to like dissect any of it. Like, I, dude, forget the fact that like tarot reading is a I I feel like it, I, it it's a neat thing. I I I don't subscribe to it myself. Like, I don't subscribe to the belief of like. Uh, d- placing cards in a certain way is, denotes something. I, I don't know. It, it never really fascinated me like that. But yeah. uh, the idea that, like, it like placing them in this order has now, like, kind of... It, it's crazy. It's brought up more questions than answers for Eris, it seems, than <laughs> that she, even she was willing to admit. Like, it was kind of like... Like, it started off like, okay. Like, it was like, okay, Blades. Busted logic, cool, whatever. I get mm-hmm. it. Zero wrath, okay. Like, and and again, this is like me trying to think through like Eris's thoughts, where she's like, she places the blades card, like, okay, sword logic. I got you, of course, that makes sense. Then she places zero wrath, like, oh, that's that makes sense. She guards the sword logic with her life. Then the sisters, okay, yeah, that's where it came from. Then the first one that kind of like starts to puzzle her, the harbinger, like. Okay, that's definitely me, but am if am I supposed to be one of the sisters? And then like the lie, like, well fuck. What the hell is the lie? Like and then places the last one, and then she's just totally lost with the entire column of the rest, and she's just like I get one of these. The other three, I the wish could be literally anything. Was it the the fifteenth wish? Is it an actual wish? Is it an Ahamkar wish? Is it her wish? Is it like whatever, like it, the it, 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 truth. What? Who the hell even knows the truth at this point? Especially with Savathun involved, I have no clue what she's saying is lies or truths or, like, it, like Amaru. Like I keep thinking Amaru's pulling shit out of his ass, and then all of a sudden he plays a recording, and you're like, well, shit. Okay, the greatest lie is to be is to tell that you are the greatest liar. Like <laughs> then you can't know what's true and what's lie. Like that's yeah. I don't know, man. This. This whole reading was nothing short of fucky. Yeah, so I I also am not terribly familiar with with tarot, um, and I, I certainly don't subscribe to it. Uh, but uh, this caused me to to do a little bit of digging. Not a not you know an expert by any means, but um, generally speaking, from what I found, tarot is incredibly subjective i uh, okay. it is it is not like the no card can be read quote unquote by in the same way by two different people um like like hive runes uh, sure uh, a, a lot of I, it is i mean like seriously like well a lot of the the meanings behind the cards tend to be uh very abstract and it's it's it very much leans into the it's less about what the person is telling you it means and it's more about them telling you the theme of the card and you the person that is being read like deciding what that means for you sure 
Um, sure. And so what, what I have seen is some people say that in a strange way, it can be almost a form of therapy to force yourself to confront things that you otherwise wouldn't don't want to confront. Uh, either about yourself or about a situation you're facing or whatever it may be. Um, and so maybe we're seeing a little bit of that. You know, Eris not really wanting to admit that she is as close as she is to the Hive sisters at this point. I mean, uh, Hive God of Vengeance. This. Right. My, my whole, that's that's another thing that I, I think I haven't asked yet tonight. Are, is there supposed to be like a set number of hive gods or is, is there just three because there happen to be three sisters? I don't know that there's, that it's written anywhere. Like that there's, there's a rule of three or anything. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, you know, it does seem to kind of follow that track of like, there's always been for literally billions of years. Yeah. There's always been three sisters at the top. I, uh, and we and, very recently, I mean, that, I think that's that's the thing. In comparison to how long there has been three sisters, we very, very, very recently yes. dethroned one, and yep. the other is still there, but not. I can't even say not fully there because we gave her we gave her memories back. Like, yeah, yeah, she's playing both sides of the field one hundred percent now. Yep. So I think perhaps. I wonder, do you think she can wield darkness? I don't think Savathun... I, I think the ability to wield both is inherent to humanity. Okay. I think some. I think that is something sure about humanity. <laughs> are, are we sure on that? I mean, not 100%, but I, I think something 95. about humanity is what a lot is... You know, we can wield both where others can't because that, that was the whole thing. Savathun had to have us retrieve her memories because once she got rid of her worm she literally couldn't use deep sight anymore oh so i don't think she has control over dark in the way that we do yep i think you're right i think you're right because that was the whole reason why we had to go through and do that stuff is because she could not do the deep sight yeah she needed somebody that could you wield some type of darkness to be able to to look through the clues to then hand her the clue to like kind of like lead it back to her and then her to be like ha ha fooled you, but yeah, not really fooled you, but kind of fooled you, like fooled you by accident, but kind of on purpose. Yeah. So as far as the the reading goes, um, so yeah, I think most of it is pretty straightforward until we get to that the harbinger. And Eris is like, this has to be me. And it's that she's having that thought of like, am I, you know, am I'm in the Pantheon now. Am I a sister to these, these other hive gods? And then the next, the very next card is the lie. And I think maybe she, she wonders like, is this a lie of the sword logic? Is it a lie of the deep? Again, the tarot is about the person being read and about their interpretation of it. I think perhaps this is the lie that Eris is telling herself that she is, you know, that she's not like them, you know, that, that she is not a hive God, that she's, uh, she's just doing this out of necessity and doesn't enjoy any of it. You know, she's lying to herself. Interesting. Uh, 
And then we look at the liminal ascension lacuna, uh, which apparently relate to the aspects of, of light. Um, yep. Those are the, when you choose your, um, your, uh, like you chose void and I chose arc. Yep. Those are the, those, those are the three there. If you, when, whenever you moused over them, one of them said, um, each, each one had, it had one of those words tied to it. So, um, but again, these are, these are, you know, forever out, out of her reach. Uh, they're things that she has not touched in centuries. Again, she's closer to the hive sisters than to these forces of light. Uh, and then she does the, the final column of cards, um, in which the lament seems pretty straightforward. That's Sivu still grieving and uh, angry over the death of Oryx. Uh, I, th- I, th- I thought it was just a sword. Well, that too, but ha. that's that's in a different story. <laughs> that's that's in a story about Banshee and... Crazy the, madman billionaires. Yes. <laughs> Crazy rich boy, playboy, madman billionaires. But then she has three cards left. The witch, the truth, and the wish. Those three, I think, are like the most important of this. I, like, yes. I think these like, are the most pivotal. Um, again, thinking back to Riven and and saying... Again, every, every time I hear wish in the Destiny universe, I instantly go to Ahamkara. Oh, yeah. Like that's just... That's just they are eternally tied in my brain. So whether this like wish itself is desire, like I desire to be more powerful, therefore I'm going to become a hive god. Cool. That's not an actual wish or anything like that. But anytime it's labeled as the wish, I, I instantly combine it with Ahamkara. So then I think I always think of um, the end of of Last Wish, where she's like, I can't wait to show you what she wished for, which we still have no idea what any of that even means like who is she right what did she wish for like all of that is just a big giant question mark so yeah yeah i think these are the three most important the witch is the witch savathun or is the witch eris and the truth do refer to her as the witch right it's season of the witch um and then the truth i think the truth is you know, for whom did the truth flow? And this is the, I think the answer to, you know, who is the witch is going to be the answer to who, who, who has the upper hand at the truth. Is it going to be, I, is it going to be Eris that, you know, is out on top and has more truth than Savathun? Or is it Savathun that's going to be out on top and will have and know more truth than Eris? And, I have the the wish portion. I think could be a couple things. That could be referring to perhaps the fulfillment of Riven's wish, if Savathun was indeed the one that made it. Um, it could be that there is a the ability to make a wish is in the future, and either Eris or Savathun, whomever wins, quote unquote will be the one to be offered it. Uh, or perhaps Eris is seeing this as a, like, she needs to make another wish on her Ahamkara bone or seek out another wish somehow. 
telling you, man, this is the this this reading is fucky. Oh yeah, it, it it's it's a lot of questions. Uh, but that's that's the thing. From what I understand, tarot almost never gives you answers. It gives you questions that force you to like think about yourself or think about your situation, uh, and hopefully, you know, gain some some meaning from that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So on that note, uh, I think we're going to wrap it up for this episode. Okay. Say there, there are some other readings and, and entries that we didn't get to. None of them are, uh, heiress specific, um, or at least not pivotal information. I, a lot of them are just kind of around Savathun and some of the things she did in the throne world and some of the um, experimentation that she did. Sure. Uh, but nothing immediately is relevant. This, this is so. the this is the third season of of Lightfall, correct? Because we had um, the Scion one, uh, right with the legions, and then we had Deep, and then we had this one. Well. I'm having a real hard time remembering what season launched with Lightfall. Yeah. What was it the Scion that? one? Where we where season we delved of into defiance. their minds? Season of Defiance. No, you're That's you're thinking right. way back. You're thinking, thinking way back. Way, way back. Um, yeah, Season of Defiance with uh Mara and going into the Ascendant yep. Plane was what launched with That's it. Right. And then Season of the Deep and now freeing, the Witch. Freeing the so, yeah. prisoners that were being yep. trapped by the witness. Yep. No. Okay. Yep. So yeah, yep. we're we're on season Amanda three dying. Of the... Did Amanda die? Yes, that was in Defiance. Yeah. Yep. Uh yeah. Killed my love story. Fucking Bungie, killing a <laughs> love story. That's probably why I don't remember it that much, because I try to push it out of my mind. Because I'm like, you killed the one of the greatest love stories in Destiny. I, you bastards, um, and you can't even be like, she better come back as a as a guardian because then she has no memory, and then it's just flipped around the other way. He loves her, and she has no fucking clue why. Uh... Whatever, I I'm ranty now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I it's 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 funny because like the the third season, uh. I mean, it, it's it's it really is interesting because even like last year, the third season, I I don't want to say played a didn't play a big part in the overarching whole of Destiny, um, but it gave us a bunch of like answers to questions, and we're kind of getting that with this season, but we're also getting a big setup. Um, again, I I fully believe the final mission, or it, I'll be surprised if like week three they're like okay. Resin savvy now, like shit. That's this is happening way too fast. Yeah. Um, no. Only because we got cutscene week two. Like cutscene week <laughs> two really fucked with me. Like I wasn't ready for that. Um, so yeah, no, we're definitely. I I definitely think Sabathun's getting getting res this season. I oh yeah. Um, especially with like what every obviously the the setup of last season where um, Sloan was like, we need to res Sabathun. Like she has to. She has to be here. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, I I see the final encounter of the season being us killing or sealing away or su- dealing with Shivu Roth in some way, and then we'll get that's, like a last cutscene of uh, of Savvy coming back. That's that's gonna be weird to ha- like deal with Zero Wrath as just like a kind of like non non issue. 
Well, that's that's the whole point of us tithing to Eris is a we've cut off tithes to Sivu. Like, like we're Eris actively is, weakening her now. Right, Eris is kind of like superseding because any kill is kind of being made in the now name of vengeance against something. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and so she's eating all the tithes that would have gone to Sivu. And, uh, and you know, the whole point is to make Eris on par power-wise with where Shivu Arath is so that she can deal with her or assist us in dealing with her. Okay. All right. Well, um, shout-outs? Yeah. So we've got a few shout-outs for this episode. Um, the first comes to us from Apple Podcasts. I uh, say we have Geo from State Farm <laughs> is the Get user. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Uh, who left this, oh this review? God. A very kind five stars. Thank you. Um, who says, uh, I just listened to the Final Shape show. Uh, amazing insight on speculations for Final Shape and beyond. I've been into the lore and have played since the D1 beta, but this podcast offers such interesting angles on lore topics that have been around. Uh, definitely tuning in every week from here on out. Hell yeah. So thank you. Say we're very glad that you were, uh, you know, that it caught your interest enough that you're going to stick with it for a little bit. So. Just, just be careful if you go backwards. I'm telling you, those first <laughs> first couple episodes, that audio is, it is not there. It, yeah. it is rough. <laughs> it's good info. I'm glad but, we finally know. got that shit dialed in. It only took us like a year, but we got yeah. it dialed in. Yeah, it's same same thing. Everyone on YouTube has a first video. Like yeah, we we had a first podcast year of podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but thank you. Um, so the next one also comes to us from Apple Podcasts. Uh, this is from Krennic, who uh, also left us a very kind five stars. Thank you. Uh, who says, from a beta in, a beta on Destiny player, this is the perfect podcast. Me and my friend love just sitting in orbit or out on patrol talking about your episodes and how it informs our own takes on the lore. From this Solar and Arc Warlock duo to you both, thank you and keep up the great work. Yeah, we found the solar warlock. You, <laughs> we know. We already know. You're stuck running well for the rest of your life. We get it. Like yes. we we get. It. We know. As soon as we enter a raid, we're like, okay, I'll go. I'll go put my solar shit on. I have refuted that, and I say no more. I am Ark. Hear me, Zap. I uh, I have done the same with Void. <laughs> Our raid teams are very annoyed with us, and eventually we have forced a they, few other people they, into running. They off. have literally changed from being like, I'm a hunter to like, I'm just a solar warlock now. Like, yeah, sucks to suck, don't it? <laughs> so we're you here well, to tell you. You get a rift, and you get arc souls, and you will like it. Yes. So we're here to tell you, as a solar warlock, it's okay to say no. It's okay, okay to say no. You could you could say no. No, I, I it's funny too because like I actually really do like some of the new solar stuff too. I, I I finally did get that build dialed in with uh with uh again I really wish that uh, Vex Mythoclass had some type of uh scorch, some type of scorch integration. I would love to see like when you transition it over to the linear fusion version, each shot of that would apply like 
60 scorch or something like that. Like, so then it's like two shots of that, boom, ignition. Like, that'd be super neat. And then you just go kind of yeah. go back to ad clear. And like, I think that would be a super, super cool way to integrate um, uh, Solar 3.0 with that gun. And then just kind of bring it up to bring it up to snuff with other guns. Cause as far as like solar, like I'm always using Polaris Lance because the, that thing is a beast with solar mm-hmm. subclass equipped and the and the extra scorch and stuff and its ignition for days is on top of burns on top of dragonfly explosion dragonfly like it's it's Polaris Lance with uh with solar is pretty pretty spicy um but yeah I I've always been an arc warlock and then uh, um I love the interaction of arc buddy and void buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and I am here for whatever interaction Solar Buddy does with it. Yeah, I am actually quite looking forward to playing around with the new Solar Super, the you know, Radiance or whatever they end up calling it. Uh it's literally like I, old D1 is what it seems like. Like you have infinite Except no self res. Right, you have no yeah. self res, but you have infinite melees and infinite uh grenades it seems. I am so here for the little like homing bird grenades like yes that does look pretty cool i like yeah what are we calling that one we we can't call it firefly because that's a perk um calling what the the grenade ability we got to come up with a name for it before they release the name for it so that way we can call it what we want to call it rather than what they want us to call it (laughs) i will leave that for you to figure out Oh my gosh! Well, regardless of what it's called, I'm here for Zo- Solar Buddy. Um, I've been asking for Solar Buddy for years, and it's finally coming, and I'm happy. Uh, and also, thank you for a being a couple of warlocks and b listening to our stuff. Yeah. So, yes, thank you very much, and thank you for the. We don't hate reviews. titans and hunters. I mean, we hate hunters, but everyone hates hunters. <laughs> That's not the point. We don't hate hunters and titans. We just. I'm not going to say look down on you because that's rude. Unless you're running heat rises and then, yeah, you're looking well, down I on mean, everybody. If... Oh, I get it. Cause you're in the sky. I, I see what you did there. I, ha <laughs> 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 ha clever. <laughs> you're, you're mm. done for the night. What's the next <laughs> one? I get one. That was it. You get one. That's it. That's all. I'm. I get the dad jokes. Damn it. That's my thing. You get all the cool voices and the lore readings and this brainy smarty theories and shits. Don't take my thing. Damn it. Oh. Oh, what are, well, what are the shout outs we got? Yeah. So, I uh, say the other shout out uh, coming to us tonight is from Twitter. Uh, is from Colton. Who says? No, it's not. <laughs> it's called Twitter. <laughs> even, uh, even like news outlets won't refer to it as X. They say no. X, the 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 platform formerly known as Twitter. Like yep. they will not just call it X. Like, I'm sorry. It, does nobody realize how dumb it is? Oh, everyone. Call everyone knows. I, everyone that's knows. what it's like. Everyone, <laughs> literally everyone on the entire planet of Earth, realizes how dumb it is to just call it X. And so nobody will actively call it X. It's it's, whatever. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Yes. But uh, so Colton says, uh, absolutely love you guys. Been here since the original Awoken series and will always keep coming back each week for your shows. Is the highlight of my week. 
Thank you. Thank you for all you guys put out. Keep it coming. The fucking OGs sending, yeah. sending good vibes. <laughs> Let's go. Dude, the, the, the original Awoken series, that was like a three-part series. Like, it was nothing. It yeah. was nothing compared to our, like, 11-part, 24 hours worth of Awoken history. Yeah. Oh, my God. That audio is so bad. <laughs> As yeah, the, you, uh, now you the, really now the original, <laughs> the original original version of the Awoken history was like, I did one recording on um, on my son's PlayStation, and forgot to check the box to include my audio. So it, it was an entire recording of just myth and a bunch of blank spaces. It was yep. it was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> But thank you for you know sticking around this long and uh, absolutely and keeping you know keeping up with it because we uh, yeah that that's that's awesome to hear that you've been listening for that long. Hell yeah! Uh, so our last shout out for tonight comes also comes to us from Twitter. Uh, ha ha! <laughs> is from uh, Tony Slaz. Who says, hello guys, love the podcast. Uh, they help me get through the boring parts of writing a D&D campaign or playing the Lightfall campaign after deleting my warlock. Smile hey, face. hey, hey, you, <laughs> hey, you. I can't, I can't say anything because I, I got so pissed one night at my Titan that I deleted it and I have yet to make another one. I've joked that I'm just going to make another warlock and it's just going to be a melee focused warlock. So yeah, yeah I, I get it. I, I totally get it. Sometimes you just like fuck this shit and delete it. Like I I get it. Although supposedly now I I don't know how true this is. I haven't looked it up. Supposedly someone's did a homebrew for a Destiny D and D. Yes, uh, there is a Destiny themed homebrew version of D and D five E. Get the fuck uh, that out is of here. out there that all of all of the documentation for it is freely available i believe holy um, shit i'm gonna i'm gonna find it now i know you will uh That's... you think you're gonna find it dungeons and destiny is what it's called uh and yeah if if you do a search for it um it'll bring up the reddit thread that's got all of the um all the the content available for it. Well, there you uh, go. There's your next campaign, buddy. Yeah, but yeah, they've got like uh, they made a player's guide book and uh, you know, architect quote unquote's guide for yeah. the GM and a bestiary yeah. uh, character sheets, whole shebang. So it's there you go. Yeah, it, it it's pretty cool. I would definitely there's, look into that. There's your next campaign. So. But yeah, so that's all for the shout-outs for the evening. Thank you to everybody that uh, sent something in. Uh, if you you know are, are like what you hear and you want to do something to support us, uh, giving us a rating on your platform of choice is is always a big help. Uh, if you feel strongly enough that you want to leave a text review, like some of our shout-outs tonight did, we always love seeing those. Um, or you can reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, yeah. at, <laughs> at myths and stories z instead of an s in stories uh and you may see yourself as a future shout out yeah well i've got i've got kind of a few uh special thank yous uh so at the beginning of the show we talked about uh 
having to take a break because we had some serious shit going on this week. Yeah. Uh, one of the my end of serious shit was my puppers. Uh, one of my huskies. Uh, his name is Cade Six. Uh, <laughs> I wonder what he's named after. Uh, and his brother's name is Saint Fourteen. Ha <laughs> ha! I'm the most cleverest. Um, Cade Six uh, ate a dish towel and it got stuck, and so he had to go in for surgery. Uh, and he's recovering this week, so it's been a very stressful week with him. Uh, uh, but when we went to the ER the first day, um, somebody heard his name and was like, is that from Destiny? And then another person in the same waiting room was like, yeah, that's Nathan Fillion's character. And I just, like, my whole face must have lit up because my <laughs> wife was also wearing her Ace of Spades uh, T-shirt. So she has a T-shirt with Ace of Spades, and it's got Sundance on it. And so, like, instant connection. And I was like, yeah, this is also Saint-14. And they're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And I was like, <laughs> we also have Mara and Uldren Sov. Those are the two kitty cats. We got the, their brother and sister. We got them the day after we got Saint and Cade. So, yeah, we have the whole Destiny family uh, running through my house as fur babies. And, uh, yeah, the the two of them, we, we all got to talking about lore. And they a couple of the two of them had played up through Witch Queen. And they're kind of taking a little bit of a break right now. The other one... He's he and his buddies used to um, go up and just binge like they take four day weekends and just binge through campaign stuff. So, um, yeah, it it was super neat to have that connection. Like it again, being in the in the vet ER for a very stressful situation, but then to have that connection and uh, was super super cool. And of course, I you know let them know, hey, I've got a podcast if you want to listen to some lore stuff. And they both were very very excited for it. So. Thank you to hopefully a uh, couple new listeners uh, locally. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. You never know where you're gonna find another guardian. Do. It's it's incredible how many of us are out there that you'll see a shirt or a, a hat or something. You'd be like, "Hey, is that you, from? Is that and from then that?" You get into a whole conversation. It's great. It's it's the same thing that happened when I went to Hawaii for my buddy's wedding, and I, we were sitting on the boat, and some dude, one of the random, one of the servers there was like, hey, uh, I recognize your name. Like, that, it was weird that he recognized, because I was wearing my, my the tr- Moments of Triumph, and so it's got Zorialis on the shoulder, mm-hmm. and the fact that he recognized Zorialis, he's like, do you do a podcast? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh my God, like, it was, that was a... I, that was like the height of fame for me. I was like, "Yay! <laughs> I made it! I did it! I made the thing!" Um, so yeah, it was that was it's it's super cool when you when you get those connections. It's it was it was very fun. And then of course when when Cade had to go he had to go up to uh, the the bigger doctor uh, to actually have surgery. Uh, when they sent his med back um, home, some one of the nurses had written a quote from Cade uh, on the med bag. Um, <laughs> I, I I wish I could remember what it said, but it was some of the fa- some of the fact of like um, make your shots, uh, conserve your ammo, and never ever ever cut a deal with a warlock. <laughs> and it was just it was so cute that somebody had written that on the on the bag as like a and it was in the folded part of the bag too. Like it wasn't like a front. It was like where the where they had folded the bag over to keep all the stuff in. So it was like only I was gonna see that. And it's like, but they didn't sign it or anything like that. I'm like, who who put this? Like. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> so yeah, lots of lots of cool connections with Destiny. So yeah, thank yeah. you for everyone locally and 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 um, Billy Joe Bob, uh, Hive God of Doodads. Well, there Matthew, you go. You, you you got anything else? <laughs> uh, tell you what, 
We can name the little solar grenades that shoot out birds. Oh, they, shit. They can be transams. Get the fuck out of here. Because <laughs> it'll be a firebird. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. And with that, <laughs> Myth is now no longer allowed naming things. That's Damn it, Myth. You took two of them. I'm definitely calling it a transam now. Yep. I can't not call it a transam now. If I call it anything else, I'm just dumb. All right. Well, anything else, Myth? No, that's it. Thanks for thanks for ruining everything. No, I'm just... <laughs> God damn it. All right. Well, then, from all of us lore daddies who are apparently just super nerdy, too, uh, to all of you Guardians out there, we'll see you next time.